1: Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up everybody welcome to the latest edition of laces out jared bailey kurt homister with you as always kurt we got an old friend a special guest with us tonight how you doing guys good
0: bro how y'all doing jay kurt oh, I, I,
2: we are uh we are doing great and you are living the high life living living the life right now uh smoking a nice cigar in the back of your truck looks like a beautiful sunny day where you are so uh i'm a little jealous you not gonna lie
0: it's all good man i got a uh... My one of a kind cigars. Out. You can catch them on Instagram at Howard G Cigars. Pick up your one of a kind, one of a kind cigars, man. Need some good cigars. I don't know if y'all cigar smokers, but if you just want to say, it, yeah, other all- <clears> oh. <throat> All the media that I see you do, you usually got a nice fat one in your mouth. So have you become just like very oriented with cigars recently, or is that something that you've always just been? Yeah, it took me like a year and a half to make this cigar because I wanted to push out good product, you know. So mm. I, I, I tasted like 40 tobaccos just 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 for my liking. So, you know, I'm a okay. I'm a wine drinker, I'm a red wine drinker, but at the same time, um I became a cigar smoker, I would say like ten years ago. Okay. So, uh, starting to learn my tobaccos and where they're from, you know. I got I get my tobacco from Lancaster PA slash Connecticut and it's wrapped in Nicaragua. So that's where I'm at right now. I had to do a lot of studying, um, had to smoke a lot of cigars and understand what kind I like. But um I didn't want to be the typical athlete. They got a lot of athletes with cigars, but if you really ask a cigar smoker, they don't like their cigars. So I didn't want to be that guy. So I took <laughs> I took my time. I took my time on doing this, like I said, it took me a year and a half. So, okay, that's that's what I'm smoking, man. I'm smoking that one of a kind.
1: Do you and Ocho Cinco ever collab on any cigars? I know he's a big cigar smoker.
0: No, we we never did. You know, I'm I'm, I'm always rooting for my uh, fellow brethren when it comes down to, you know, chasing something after football. But <laughs> I'm always I'm always competitive too. Like if I put something out, I wanted to be the best.
2: It's well, uh you're a man of culture, I love it, a man of good taste you know you got you got the wine you got the cigars. maybe one day Jared and I will uh, join you down there with a nice nice big cigar there but uh man, come I can, all right all right it's uh it's been some time since we talked here, and we've had an entire NFL season in the rearview be- in the rearview mirror now and uh you know wasn't quite the ending that that, that your Pittsburgh Steelers uh hope to have, but Big Ben is coming back, and I, I kind of want to start the show talking about that because you played with him. You saw him firsthand in the locker room, riding every week on, on, on his shoulders. What does this say to his character, you know, to say, I'm coming back. I'm not giving up. I'm not ending on, on a note like that on a loss to the Cleveland Browns. I want to come back. I want to win a championship. What does that say, I mean, from from day one that you've met him to to today, just his character with that and his mindset he has every day?
0: I mean, the man's is better competitive. You know what I'm saying, man. Man, seven used to be shuffleboard champions, and I know a lot of people <laughs> feel like uh, I talked some smack on on seven, but I was just coming from a GM perspective because I do feel like I'm a, I would be a good general manager when it comes down to it. Now, at the same time, seven wants number three, and mm-hmm. three meaning seven wants the third Super Bowl. Um, he wants to bring seven to the city of Pittsburgh, and the way he went out that te- that has a, a sour taste in his mouth if you know what i'm saying so seven looking at all the pieces he got him got around him when it comes down to the wide receiver position and he got some nice young studs they brought juju back which is good that's gonna you know keep that dimension going when it comes down to that receiver call but my personal opinion seven came back to win number seven for the city of pittsburgh and three sounds better than two he already got two super bowls <laughs> but three sounds better so you seem in favor of Juju coming
1: back. Is that fair to say? Because now Juju, we see Juju is a
0: Pittsburgh Steeler. Like you got to understand Juju, you know, playing for Uncle, Uncle Snoop, you know, traveling with <laughs> a bitty-bitty team. Um, his whole life he's just been a Steelers fan. He just so happened to get drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's a Pittsburgh Steelers. And w- what I mean by, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, drafting Pittsburgh Steelers is, man, all he want to do is play football. Very physical, no nonsense. And, and make a point and put his stamp and approval on every time he get on the field. So by the end of the day, you don't really talk about receivers as being physical. Juju is a physical receiver. So, you know, that's I, – I think it's a it's a good dimension because everybody ain't going to be physical. What I mean by physical is going across the middle. Um, if you got to come down on a, on a yo-yo motion and, you know, your offense coordinator asks you to, 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 to block a, a linebacker or a DN, that got to be a want-to. And, and, and a lot of receivers don't want to do it. But Juju don't mind doing that at all. So <laughs> when, you, when you say Pittsburgh Steelers, regardless on what the position is, they got to love football. They got to love being violent. And they got to love being selfless. They got to love about, you know, maybe maybe this game I might only have two catches. But, man, we win this game. It's for the better of the team off of me blocking. So that's just the personality of Juju. But Juju being a Steelers head, since he was a baby. So I'm guessing this is just a dream for him to get drafted and even play for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: The Steelers' mindset. I mean, Ike Taylor played with that your entire career, your 12-year career with Pittsburgh. But uh, I, I want to talk on the defense now, you know, the-, the defensive side of the ball, your specialty. Uh, they were an absolute powerhouse last year. Just They were the reason the Pittsburgh Steelers won, I would say, almost every game. But – it's going to be a little bit different this year. And, you know, they still got TJ Watt, but they are losing Bud Dupree. They're, they're losing Steven Nelson. They're losing Mike Hilton. It's, you know, still going to be a very dominant defense. But from your eyes and from your standpoint, you know, obviously we still have a long offseason ahead of us and the draft ahead of us. But what's your mindset going in, looking at this team from the outside, you know, with your defensive minded uh, mindset of what this team's going to look like next year on defense?
0: You say? a good, a good <laughs> okay. top five defense you know it, it when you talk about defense you got to look at that uh, the defense line mm-hmm. so to it, to it, pound for pound is a top is a, is, a, is a top 10 defense alignment cam haywood is an all pro defense alignment um then when you want to boil down to the linebacker position you get devin bush back and you get a young immersion, um Spillane at the middle linebacker position then you get High smith who, who did more than what people expected when he came in for Bud when he got hurt? And you look on the other side opposite of him, you look at an all-pro with TJ Watt. You know what I'm saying? So they then you get a minka Fitzpatrick in the trade. You know, it that, that's just been a blessing to the organization on what he can do on the field. You still got the smooth criminal and Joe Hayden at the cornerback position. You just signed Cam Sutton. Um, I, I guess he's gonna start for, I mean, fight for a start position on that. Uh cornerback side because they let Nelson go. And even though you you lost Mike Hilton, man, Camp can go in in the inside and you can get another young guy to play on the outside when you want to go sell packages for them. So for me, man, Devin Bush is key coming back to that defense. Mm-hmm. You know, that defense played well without Devin Bush, but um, Devin Bush coming back, man, you, you, you can tell the physicality, the athletic part when you want to talk about being the heart and soul of that defense at that middle linebacker position. Absolutely. And if,
1: ju- and if you're just joining us live, Jerry Bailey, Kurt are being joined by two-time Super Bowl champion Ike Taylor, co-host of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Him and Mark Burgeon. join forces to deliver Steelers content each week. Ike, so going into the draft, you know, obviously with Ben coming back, Steelers are sitting at 24. What are the odds that you think that they could maybe trade up and get one of these big four quarterbacks?
0: No, they're not. They're going to get an outside linebacker. you okay. they're going okay. linebacker, the first pick.
2: You hear her that's, first, all right.
0: That's that, and that, that's just my guess, but that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They, if mm-hmm. when when they draft high, they draft high either defensive line, offensive line, or linebackers. And when you want to talk about linebackers, they like going on the outside because they understand in this day and era you need a good pass rusher. So, mm-hmm. just my personal opinion, that's where they're going. They're going outside linebacker.
2: Okay. All right. You heard it here first. When, when draft rolls around and they go uh, linebacker in the draft, we will circle back to this episode with you. But uh, like, I, I want to kind of go back to, to your career a little bit. We've been talking about the, the current Pittsburgh Steelers here. And I want to talk about your career. And before we, we got you on here, uh, I was doing a little research. And I don't want to take anything away from Pat McAfee because I saw you were just on his show. And it was a great show. I I've I tuned into that. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. But you guys did talk about something that I thought was hilarious and I've never heard of before in the NFL. Did you really have headphones in your helmet? Did you really have music 100%. going during the games?
0: 100%.
2: You did? <laughs> that, <Unbelievable>, is... <laughs> that is unbelievable. I've never heard anybody do that besides yeah, the quarterback always... because I think, I think that's very illegal, but that is, that's badass. <laughs> I, 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 I support and I respect the hell out of that.
0: How is it legal? When I'm just playing music on my headphones, so basically I, I uh, just use the same thing. I just use the same thing as the you know, the the captain on which it would be Ben, and right now it would be Devin Bush. So you only get two guys that can have, that can talk to coaches. My yeah. coach just headphone session that I put in my helmet with a little nano pod, and I just play <laughs> music throughout the whole. That's awesome. The game. My vibe. I would just love it different when it when That's it awesome. Football. Really.
1: What did the uh, What did the playlist consist of?
0: At the time, you know Lil Wayne. I'm from New Orleans. Lil Wayne was hot. Okay. So to <laughs> there you Orleans, go. Lil Wayne. So I was just rocking Lil Wayne 24 <laughs> seven.
2: That's amazing. I mean, I can't even imagine And the heat of an NFL game in the red zone and the, the most important most important part of the game and and a Millie comes on by by Lil Wayne. That's that's phenomenal. I love it.
0: Now, when a play, now when a play, when I when a quarterback snaps the ball, you zone no, out. I hear nothing.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Now after the play, then I can get to the music. But like once the quarterback says set, say, hunt, and that ball to snap, you just <laughs> get into a trance. You get just like locked in the focus where you just don't pay attention to nothing but what's in front of you.
2: That's
1: awesome. So now that we're you know on very much the road to the nfl draft take us back to your nfl draft experience being a fourth round pick how did you spend uh those few days of the draft who were you with and uh what was it like when you, you got the name called because uh you know it's, i think the experience is different from you know a guy who's expected to go you know in the top five compared to a guy who goes in the middle of uh, the first seven rounds
0: i mean honestly i was, spec- I was thinking i was going for agent because i only played cornerback for that one year they called me a rock corner. i only had 12 games of of tape when it came down to it, but I had a, probably one of the best pro days somebody could have. Um, I ran a 4-2-7 at the time of my pro wow. day. I was tall, I was rinky, I was agile. Um, so they, I was very physical. So my pro day was a little bit different. But when it came down to the draft, um, I was playing the PlayStation when they called. So I was about <laughs> first. I was about the I was the I was by his crib because I was there with him. And I'm upstairs, and I get a call from the Washington Redskins. And they say, hey, put the next pick, man, we're going to get you. But well, then I get another call, and I think Pittsburgh went up a slot or two. And it was like, how you feel about being a Pittsburgh Steelers? That was Kevin Coby He put me on the phone with Kevin Colby, <laughs> GM, so he put me on the phone at the time with Coach Cowell. So Coach Cowell was like, man, how you going to feel being a Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm about to put your name in the slot, and you're going to be one of us man, I just broke down crying. I'm like, dang, man, (laughs) Pittsburgh's still out of town, man. I really know the history of the Pittsburgh stuff. So that's when they called, saw my name from at the bottom of their screen, and it changed my life.
2: That's awesome. And you had a – Steelers had quite the draft that year because your fellow draft mate and longtime teammate, Troy Palomalo, went in the first round. So uh, I I would think – I would think Pittsburgh was pretty happy with that draft. Uh but sticking with sticking with your career here. Uh, I just got I I want to ask you because you know it's always fun to ask ex-players, especially someone who has a long tenure like yourself. Who was the toughest quarterback and who was the toughest wide receiver that you went up against? Quarterback and wide receiver throughout your career, the toughest ones.
0: Yeah, the toughest wide receiver was my teammate Antonio Brown. Now outside of Antonio Brown, I would say it was Chad Ocho. Chad Ocho was a damn bad.
2: Um, Okay. you know
0: what I'm saying so Chad yeah Chad Ocho he was one of the probably tallest he was about my height but he was quick he was savvy he he was quick and fast usually you wanted the other other one that comes down down to wide receiver you're quick but you're not fast you're fast but you're not quick Ocho Ocho can stop on a dime many times he wanted to Um, but I I played against a young Antonio Brown and he, he, he was in the draft class with you know Mike Wallace Emmanuel Sanders and it was like a six-round draft pick, but, man, I got mad when he started to start because he was making my games, you know, <laughs> going against him and practice my games. I won't say that it was easy, but, man, you already knew A.B. was going to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? Now, when it comes down to quarterbacks, um, man, I mean, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, playoff time, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers. Like, man, I played against some Hall of Fame Quarterbacks in their prime,
2: yeah. In their prime, yeah.
0: even Jake Jake Plummer. We had to go through them with Jake Plummer. uh Matt Hasselbeck at the time, Carson Palmer when he had T.J. hoosman's out of chat. Ocho and R.I.P. Chris Henry. Like man, I played against some some damn dogs. At that <laughs> Brett Fall. we got a little bit of Brett Favre. So man, I played, yeah, I played against Aaron Rodgers, a damn dog himself. So I played <laughs> against basically guys I'm naming. Either won the Super Bowl or going to the Hall of Fame, if not in the Hall of Fame already. So right. I was just, I was just, at the time of my career, I was playing against pretty much all Hall of Fame quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> and you mentioned Chad Johnson, but that reminds me of another one of your teammates who also enjoyed a little bit of trash talking. That's Joey Porter. How did those two compare to running their mouths on the field? Because we know that Chad Johnson loved to talk. We know that Joey Porter, the infamous Cleveland Brown incident, we know that he liked to, to run them out too, but he, both of them can back it up. So when it comes down to both of them, are the, was Joey more of a guy, okay, you love playing with him, but if you played against him, you want to smack him in the mouth?
0: Nah, Peasy, you want to Peasy on your team. You know, Joey Porter was going to ride for you. Joey Porter was your teammate, was. We fighting first, and we'll ask questions last. <laughs> I that love guy, it. That, that, that was easy. Easy, yep. easy was, if it was wearing black and gold, man, we fighting first, and we'll talk about that later, whether you was right or wrong. <laughs> so you, 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 when you got a guy like that on your team, man, you just, and he's the captain, you just really wanted to go for a big brick ball for the, the young man. So that's what PZ was to me. You know what Peasy. And the crazy thing about Peasy, Peasy cared about everybody in that building. Like Peasy, Peasy set up like a now they call it a GoFund, but Peasy set up like a little, a little, a little box for all the cafeteria workers, the, the janitors. So around Thanksgiving time, around around Christmas time, man, we had to match the 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 pot to put in to help you know these cafeteria workers to put in to help these janitors, but we felt didn't have like what we had. You know, and we, we put some money in and it, it got up to a whole lot and we just asked them to split it. So Peasy Peasy cared about not only his teammates, anybody who was in that building who people probably felt less of us that did a lot more for us than anybody else. That's what Peasy did, man. So Peasy kind of started that throughout, you know, that, that, that locker room for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to hold you up too much longer. I know you got a nice cigar there. You're relaxing uh, in the beautiful weather. But you got any eyes on uh on your your fellow defensive back class uh that for this this coming up draft? I, I saw you tweeted out a little a little love for Asante Samuel Jr. He's kind of my uh one of my one of my crushes for this draft. So uh, you, you got any, you got any favorites going into this draft in April?
0: Asante and Pat Sorte. and both of their dads was all awful guys and. In the, in the league, I played against, what well, Pat Sertan from yep. Lola. So I messed with Pat. But seeing what his son did at Alabama, that's oh, special yeah. I, played, I played with Zon. Like I saw Zon catch number of picks out of the course of his career. And he's not a big fella at all. He was just very savvy, had a high football IQ. So I'm looking at them two like, dang, man, they son's really doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? So I got my eyes on those two guys right now. And it looks like them guys going to –
1: high in the draft oh yeah all right how are we feeling about this year in the division at least as of right now in terms of the biggest threat to pittsburgh in terms of taking the throne is it cleveland right now or is it baltimore cincinnati's getting a little bit better in your opinion who's the uh who's kind of next up in the afc north
0: hey, hey, see the toughest division my personal opinion you know you got three teams that made the playoffs pittsburgh made the playoffs the Ravens made the playoffs the cleveland browns made the playoffs and we all see what Joe, Joe Burrow is about to do. If Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, you saw him turning the corner and making that mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals a contender, a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, playoffs is too early for them right now, but at least give them two more years, they're going to be in the playoffs. So that's how I feel about the AFC North. You know? So it's just for Cleveland coming into Pittsburgh and playing smash-mouth football, which you thought Pittsburgh probably would do to Cleveland, but they didn't. Cleveland ain't nothing to play with. You can say what you want to say. This ain't in the old Cleveland. You know, they got Coach Stefanski over there, and he's changed the guard as far as, like, physicality when it comes to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You know, so um, Cleveland ain't no slouch. Baltimore for sure has never been a slouch because their front office got the same recipe we have. And Joe Burrow and company, if he can stay healthy, man, you can see what that young man doing. So my personal opinion is, is, is AFC North. It's the toughest division.
2: Absolutely, yeah, I, I think so. It's uh, it's going to be a very, very entertaining season for the for the reason you mentioned. I mean, Joe Burrow's coming back. Not that necessarily, maybe they're they're a threat for the for the division, but down the road, absolutely. And uh, if if things stay the course, if you know, once Ben decides to step away, this and Pittsburgh gets a new quarterback, this this division could be extremely fierce for the for the foreseeable future here.
1: What do you think they do next at quarterback guy? Because obviously, you know they bring in Dwayne Haskins. What do you think of that? And do you think that any quarterback on the roster right now is going to be the future?
0: They got a first-rounder. And all he needs is reps and time. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. with seven feet, you know, you stole the first-rounder off of what he did in Washington. Uh, Mason Rudolph didn't play bad at all when he got in the game with Cleveland. People got to understand. Cleveland had to win that game to get in the playoffs. So – Mason played all their starters. And you can imagine how hard they was playing at the time to win that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Mason just kind of ran out of time. But between Mason Rudolph and, and, and Haskins, when, when Seven retires, it's going to be a good battle.
1: Well, we will see what happens come that time. Ike Taylor, two-time Super Bowl champion. You can check him out. The Believe in Steelers podcast available every Tuesday on all streaming devices. He and Mark Berger break down the latest Steelers news and talk all things NFL. Ike T. Swaggin, you mate, we always appreciate you coming on and giving us a little bit of your time. Uh, have you on again soon? As long as you're up to it, my guy. Again, appreciate it. Take care and uh, smoke a cigar Thanks for it
0: Thanks for the love, man. Y'all boys have a good night.
1: Absolutely.
2: You too. Enjoy that cigar. I wish I was. I uh, wish I was down there with you, my friend.
1: Come on down. I
0: got
1: you. Say less. We're taking a trip. All right. Ike Taylor, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, again, Believe in Steelers podcast available every Tuesday on all streaming devices, wherever you get your podcasts. Man, I love talking to that guy, man. A
2: pro's pro. I mean, he has has seen it all. We said, you know, two-time Super Bowl champ, played in three Super Bowls, 12 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What else? What else could you ask for from a fourth round pick? I mean, that's a great career,
1: and not just because you know he, you know, I grew up watching him every week. But uh, no, he gives us great insight every week in what he thinks. Now that said, if the Steelers do take a linebacker, outside linebacker in the first round, I will be a tad bit irate. But <laughs> uh, hopefully, that doesn't happen. But dang, I.
2: Hey, oh, I Ike. Ike might have the uh, he might have the insider knowledge. We don't know. He's, he he knows. We don't. I'm sure man. He, yeah, You're right. I'm sure he knows a few people in that organization, and he might he might know a thing or two about what they're seeing at the uh, linebacker position there. But no, I, I liked. I got to ask him for um, the the secondary for this draft because I think this this secondary class is absolutely stacked. I mean, there are guys that you can find in rounds one through four that can come in, you know, maybe the later guys might not fight for a number one corner position, but number two, absolutely this, this this draft class for, for the cornerback position, even the secondary, I mean, the the secondary as a whole safeties it's stacked and many, many teams are going to find their, their maybe franchise guy for that secondary if they need.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, this is a very deep defensive back class. Um, J.C. Horn had a good pro day. Caleb Farley having um, the procedure done on his, I think it was his knee, wasn't it, that he's having yep. the procedure on? So he might slip a little bit into the late teens, early 20s, and if he's there at 24, you best believe that the Steelers are probably going to scoop him up because that would be quite the steal to put on the other side of Joe Hayden and build a quarterback cornerback one for the future.
2: And, you know, now now with the Steven Nelson move, friend of the show, he's looking, uh, looking to join a new team, so... Pittsburgh's another team and that spot that's kind of you know the the 20s to the to the 30s of, of teams that might need a cornerback. Cornerback is you know there's there's probably I would say four or five guys that might go in the first round from this cornerback class.
1: Yeah, you look at I mean we've mentioned um, um I talked about Patrick retained the second, Asante Samuel Jr. could work his way into that late first round, early second. Uh, Efitu Melofon from Syracuse is another guy that's getting a lot of looks so it's a matter of team need and you know when they decide to address it if you know how many guys will go in the first round Mm -hmm. but you know it's uh it's hard to predict but that's what we're here to do and talk about until April what is it 26th? You got the countdown don't you?
2: April 29th I think. April
1: 29th right. yeah so very let's see what's today's date the 24th so about a month and five days
2: Yes, we are. We're almost there. We're, we're, we're almost there. I, I have the exact uh, exact countdown right here. Perfect. 36 days, zero hours, 31 minutes and 22, 21, 20 seconds until the 2020 or 2021 NFL draft.
1: Well, while we were, I mean, the past week or so, one team that has been making moves all over the all over the roster, New York football giants, Kurt, adding yes. Kenny Galladay adding a Dory Jackson, you look at their secondary from top to bottom, I have an argument to be the best secondary on paper in the league. On on
2: paper. Yes. Uh, Yes. But, but there's a, there's a lot of teams that are like that where, you know, they have, they have a fantastic off season and they sign all these guys and they're looking good to make the playoffs and then they fall short. And if that's the case for the giants, it's going to fall on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones does not show up, if he does not, maybe take that step forward that the Giants are looking for, the Giants aren't going to be a playoff team. I mean, now he's got the pieces around him. Now, you know, he'll he'll be getting Saquon Barkley back. Now he has Kenny Galladay. He has Kyle Rudolph, who, you know, might have some injury uh, questions that we're still trying to figure out. But Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, they have some nice pieces. Maybe build up that offensive line for him a little more. Daniel Jones has no excuses
1: this year. No, they're giving him all the help that they can possibly get. They got two good tight ends they got now Kenny Galladay to match with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton as well, Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. coming back. Offensive line wasn't great initially, but, I mean, Andrew Thomas looked all right. You know, yeah. they're bringing back Nate Soder. I like Will Hernandez. So, I mean, it's not like – it's not the greatest offensive line right now, but it's definitely far from the worst. So, um, the New York Giants, I mean, and we know about their defense. Their defense is the reason that they almost won the division last year. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited to watch. For, this is the first time in a very long time anybody can say I'm excited about the New York Giants because <laughs> for the longest time they have been maybe the most boring team in football.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Eli Manning, as great as he was, as great of a career he he had, was he ever like, "It's Monday Night Football"? I can't wait to watch Eli Manning. I I, I never felt like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a a biased Bills fan, but. This team is—they got a bright future. It just depends if they made the right decision with Daniel Jones. And I mean, don't forget they're drafting eleven this year. So all those all those players that they sign, they could go many directions with this with this eleventh overall pick. Because you know, do they do they go offensive line? Do they go maybe somebody for the defensive line like a Gregory Rousseau or you know somebody? Their secondary is pretty stacked. Um, but if they want to get maybe a third corner in there uh, behind who's they got James Bradbury as number one and now Dory Jackson is number two so I mean they have some options and if they want to move around in the draft they can do that they've put themselves in a good good position I think
1: not to mention they added some incredible speed of the receiver position as well and John Ross so I mean Mm -hmm. they're giving Daniel Jones as much help as he could possibly get because this is kind of And the new NFL now, it's, you know, if you don't impress within those first two years, that third year becomes really your make-or-break year. And um, everybody's going to point to the fact that Josh Allen really popped off his third year. I think that's going to be kind of the threshold for Daniel Jones. Now, he doesn't have to have an MVP-type year that Josh Allen had, but I think New York's got to be around a a 9-10 to win team.
2: Do they need need to make the playoffs? I I think I might make an argument that they need to make the playoffs because this team has been –
1: I don't think they need to make the playoffs. I think if they go nine and seven and finish as you know the first or second team out and look good, and Daniel Jones has let's say twenty-seven touchdowns to fourteen interceptions, I think he stays there um, if they, if they have a year like that. Um, but if he doesn't play well and they you know they finish with you know eight wins, it it could be it could be the end because that's how you know rating quarterbacks goes right now. I think that Cliff Kingsbury kind of changed the way that – kind of changed the timetable for quarterbacks when he traded mm-hmm. away Josh Rosen and drafted Kyler Murray a year after Josh Rosen was drafted.
2: I mean, we the we see – this league is all about your quarterback. Uh, you you, you know, it no longer are the years as great of a story as it was with, with Nick Foles, and it really wasn't that long ago. This league is is not a, a league where you can just, just get by with your quarterback. You can't just get by and – Happen to win a championship with your quarterback? You need that guy to be the guy, and you know, the, we'll see if if Daniel Jones can be that guy. I don't have a ton of faith, but I mean, the only reason I bring up that they need to make the playoffs, they've just been very, very bad for the last however many years. Five, uh, they, they finished. They finished three and thirteen, five and eleven, four and twelve, six and ten, and you know we'll see what they do this year, but. He has no excuses. No excuses at all. His division really is not that hard. You know, Washington took a nice step with with the pieces that they added. But you should be able to sweep the Eagles. You should be able to sweep the Cowboys and maybe Sweet split the with the Cowboys. Wow. You really think that the Cowboys, with that defense, if they if they do nothing to that defense, you know, they might add a few nice draft pieces, but I was expecting something else from them in free well. agency.
1: We got, yes. we gotta, they got a draft well. Yeah, but, no that's, but that's but
2: that's no given. I mean, yeah, you got Dak back, you got an electric offense, but your, your team's going to give up 40 points a, a game.
1: I, I get that, but at the same time, it's hard for me to say that the Giants are definitely going to sweep the Cowboys 1-1. It's not like the Giants are a powerhouse either. And so no, it, but... It's a, it's a divisional thing where I just think you have to be just overpowering in order to be able to write in, you know... Fair. a sweep of a team. That said, no, I do get where you're coming from. The defense is putrid. I think that they'll probably try to get a guy like Pat Sertan or JC Horn because you and I could line up a cornerback for them right now.
2: See, we got we got to watch it with that phrase, though. Ever since that Kendall Hinton, I Kendall Hinton, Kendall Hinton I know, Broncos I know, start, I, know, I, know. I sorry, feel like we please. can't be throwing that phrase around. But anyway. Anybody
1: who watches this <laughs> know that that's very much hyperbole. Kurt and I yes. are two small... Well, I'm a small white guy and Kurt's a walking I've... bicep with a head white guy, but... None of us could really do this and I'm sorry. And I I've never, sorry I've never I've never lined
2: game. up I've never lined up on a football field and actually played like actually for a team. So I haven't I either. Could,
1: no, we're just I, two dudes who like to, who think to know football. what we're talking about. And the more we say this, the more know that it's hyperbole when you say <laughs> that, please. Don't but anyway, don't, the don't Dallas Dallas,
2: Dallas Cowboys. Um don't forget that Mike McCarthy is their head coach. And yeah, yeah. after what I saw from last year, you lost your quarterback, that's fine, but I mean, Zeke took a huge, huge, huge step back. Yeah. Offensive line is not what they used to be. Dak's gonna be running for his life. He's gonna be throwing bombs and he's probably gonna connect on a good amount of them. But I just I don't have much faith in those cowboys. I, I really think they're gonna be around a five, six win team. I, I really do.
1: What okay, so over under we'll mm, say over under six and a half wins for Dallas next year. Under. So you're – all right, that's fair. I'm saying under.
2: I I really don't have much faith in them. Unless – they might have a stellar draft, but that is tough. I I think
1: we – once we get to draft time, you know, the few days after, we can kind of see what their roster looks like because I would be shocked if they didn't go either edge or cornerback with their first pick because there's going to be a lot of those guys there. But I think they need to go corner because if either Patrick Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn is still there, that's where they got to go. Uh, if Caleb Farley's there, they should go Caleb Farley. Now, I don't know how much this procedure is going to take away from him. I think they said he should be ready for –
2: Yeah, I, I think they said he'll be ready by the, by the time the, the season rolls around here. Okay. But um, that's secondary. I mean, they, they drafted Tra- Trayvon Diggs last year. Mm-hmm. He, he turned out to be a decent piece, but I don't – like I said, they need to hit on most of their draft picks this year, and not many teams can do that. I mean, you, yeah. you can say, yeah, this is a nice player, but – once they once they put on those n f l pads and that n f l helmet it's a lot lot different than than what they played in college obviously, so we'll see what we'll, we'll see about those cowboys uh i don't really i don't i don't have much faith i don't know about you, but we'll get into that after after the draft is uh done and over with and mr irrelevant has been taken but another big move that uh that happened since the last time we recorded here the denver broncos are are quietly quietly putting together a nice team. We've we've kind of focused on them a little bit our past two episodes here, but it happened. They got Kyle Fuller. There were there were rumors as soon as he got released that he'd want to be reunited with his, his old coach, Vic Fangio, and he's there. Kyle Fuller with that secondary of the new Ronald Darby, Justin Simmons, Von Miller's coming back. We finally, hopefully, crossing our fingers, we get to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. We didn't really get to see those two together too much this team is shaping up to be a very nice defense. And I feel like, I feel like they might resemble maybe not as bad, but they might resemble the Washington football team of last year, just a stellar defense and the offense just can't keep up.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for the past couple of shows, I mean, our buddy Ryan Edwards came on and said, "Eh, they're making some moves and expect more to be made. And then obviously the whole Kyle Fuller thing went down and now, you know, Denver's had one of the best off seasons of any team so far uh, It has mm-hmm. a lot to do with the fact that they brought back a lot of their own mm-hmm. new general manager, George Patton. I think that goes a long way with the players and, um, our buddy, Matt Verderam tweeted something about that as well. Players noticed that, you know, took oh, care yeah. of Shelby Harris, took care of Justin Simmons. Um, and now they're really just trying to get that defense as revamped as they can, because now I believe AJ Bouye is no longer there. Mm-hmm. They bring in a guy like Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby, uh, I'm liking the entire thought process of Denver because last year was, okay, Kansas City is going to score 90 points a game, so we need to at least try to get guys where we can put up points. So we're going to take Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler with our first two picks.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, not, that, not to mention Albert O and Noah Fan at tight end. Garrett Bowles looked very much better at left tackle. Um, so they've got the, the passing weapons now in terms of the running back situation. I assume that will be addressed in the draft as well um but defensively man they look stout and um do. they have i mean i think it's fair to say they got the best defense in the afc west right now at least on paper yeah.
2: yeah i would say so i mean the chargers defense they're they're hopefully i mean we say this every year they're getting derwin james back he's he's had some some ugly uh injury history in the past but you know he'll be there joey bose is there they're losing a couple pieces but I could, I could see, you know, I, I think Denver's definitely far and away the, the best defense, um, but the Chargers are putting together a nice team. That, defense, or that, that division is coming together besides the, the ugly stepsister of the Las Vegas Raiders because they don't know what they're doing.
1: They do not. No, they do not. <laughs> and we talked about it a little bit last show, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but the offensive line's pretty much all gone. Their entire pass rushing situation is not good. So they've really got to hit it in the draft. Now, if Caleb Farley falls to them, or if a very good edge rusher like, say, a Greg Roseau or Jason Owe, uh is there for the taking, the logical thing would be to take him. <laughs> the, logical. Can, the logical but thing. Mike,
2: but with Mike Mayock and John Gruden, you just never know what you're going to get. You, you
1: never know. You could get <laughs> a guy like, was it Damon Arnett that they drafted in the yep. first round who was projected third round by just about everybody? So,
2: Farrell, yep. Farrell yeah. taking
1: fourth overall. So, you can
2: just go down the list. <laughs> I don't want to harp on the Raiders not, too much, but I don't
1: either. It's just the fact that it's very hard to project these yes. things with the Raiders because you think the logical thing would be to do this, but it, you know, Gruden and Mayox seem to go the opposite direction of what logical is. So, keep,
2: keeping you on your toes, you just never know what well, you're gonna do. but they do, do. It At but least they keep uh, it fun, I, huh? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They keep our jobs fun because we get to make fun of them. But uh yeah. the free agent cornerbacks that are still available. I mean, like we again. are what? We're we're still we're over a week away from the new league league year starting. A mm-hmm. few big names have dropped, a few big names have signed with new teams. But I mean you look at the, the free agent corners right now, I'll run through the list a little bit. AJ Bouye, Malcolm Butler, Casey Hayward, Richard Sherman, Stephen Nelson, those are really the, the top five guys and a couple of those guys could could make a case to be, you know, a number one corner wherever they go. Hence, you know, Steven Nelson. I'm surprised that these guys haven't signed yet, and I'm thinking since it's really not a great year for free agents, a lot of these guys, I could see a guy like Richard Sherman, I could see a guy like Malcolm Butler who are, you know, 32, 30-ish years old, say I'll take a one-year deal and then next year hopefully I'll get that two-three year deal, but they're just not going to get paid this year, I don't think.
1: I think When it comes to a guy like Richard Sherman, I would be very surprised if he doesn't end up reunited with Robert Sala in New York with the Jets. Um, They just brought in Tevin Coleman. Wouldn't surprise me if Richard Sherman joined him. Um, Mm -hmm. So now Casey Hayward, Stephen Nelson. If Stephen Nelson follows Bud Dupree to Tennessee, you can continue watching as I throw myself down the (laughs) stairs. I will be quite sad. Um, (laughs) But Casey Hayward, wouldn't mind seeing him go to some if he were to come to pittsburgh i would be quite happy with that as well
2: um, i'm sure you would but i, I don't would not it's going to happen because the pittsburgh steelers have no money
1: oh uh, 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 uh. Uh, so uh. all right so releasing nelson officially that made it about 10 million in cap space okay. eric ebron worked his deal reworked his deal that freed up another three uh, and a half okay, million I must, so we're I sitting at $13. 13 and a half million dollars in cap space which means i missed the ebron up to one. something
2: uh-huh yeah that's what you like to think but hey you never know brandon bean's been up to some things too and they might be in the works to get a number two corner, so I don't I mean, know. By all if, means,
1: yeah. If, <laughs> if, if Buffalo were to land Stephen Nelson, God help me, uh, or a Casey Hayward. Stephen
2: Nelson and Trey White with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyatt over top?
1: Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't RIP even know. the opposing quarterbacks. Now, exactly. remember, we talked about this with Steve back in, I think it was November. He and Trey White in 2019, the only two cornerbacks to not allow a touchdown. Yes. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how about that be, duo?
2: How about that duo? Come on now.
1: It would be Tre'Davious and Nelson Island uh, in Buffalo, if that were the case. Now, this is all speculation. I haven't heard anything about no, Steve I going to Buffalo. I assume Kurt hasn't either, or else he'd be doing a standing backflip right now. Yeah, but, just um, like I was,
2: just like I was when those Zach Ertz rumors were flying about. But uh, Howie Roseman just doesn't Doesn't like to make moves. He 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 likes to keep his team the way it is because they exactly. won a Super Bowl a few years ago. <laughs> you do you, Howie. Uh,
1: another Ty Hilton going back to the Indianapolis Colts. That was pretty yes. unexpected. Um, so now you know Carson it, Wentz. You look at the Colts. All right, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Now go ahead. I'm just I got excited for a second. No,
1: I was just going to say you know the Colts came into free agency with what the third most cap space oh. in the NFL. I expected at least one of these big name receivers to end up there, especially after the Carson Wentz trade, I was surprised they didn't make a big push for Kenny Galladay was surprised they didn't try to or haven't tried to at least make a move for Allen Robinson. Uh Um, So, I mean, they bring back one of their own, which is fine. I'm surprised they weren't in on Juju Smith Schuster, but apparently that wouldn't have mattered anyway, because he would have played for a bag of candy to say in Pittsburgh. So I, I've been
2: I've been a little disappointed in the in the Colts this this offseason. You know, they have all this money. They finally get their quarterback. They got a great head coach. They got a good defense. This is the year to go all in. I mean, you have this money to spend. Spend it. Don't yeah. wait. I mean, I don't I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe they just didn't love the market. But I I've if I'm the Colts, I would have been okay with paying Kenny Galladay the money that he got. You know, he's 18 million dollars, but you have that so money to spend. Do. Yeah, you have that money to spend. Just just do it. I, but the thing I got thing I got excited about is we need to talk about that nobody wants to play in Baltimore. Because yeah. Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens were both in on both Juju Smith-Schuster and T.Y. Hilton. And both of those guys said, no, I'm going to go back to my team for one year. I mean, you can't blame them. Uh, who would you rather play with, Carson Wentz or Lamar Jackson, who can't throw the ball? I mean... I would rather play for a guy who's going to hit me deep downfield, who's going to give me those balls that only I can get, and you know we've talked about it. We everybody knows how we feel about Lamar Jackson, but this just just proves it. It it really does prove it, and it's it's kind of funny.
1: It's very funny for me, being <laughs> the fan that I am. But and let us also be clear when we say Lamar Jackson can't throw, we're well aware we can't either. Yes. So yes,
2: but, but he he ca- can't throw. To compared the, to
1: everybody else who is very very great at doing it he
2: and and compared level. to the mindset that I think a lot of football fans have mm. a lot of people say this guy won MVP not not with his arm he did not win it by throwing the ball I mean it, you look at a guy like like who, who won MVP that with their arm I mean pretty much any other quarterback a lot of quarterbacks that win the MVP it's because of their arm this is just a new kind of not new but It's the new fad for quarterbacks to be that dual threat. Guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen that can run it, Patrick Mahomes that can run it and still have a big arm. But, you know, props to you, Lamar. Nobody wants to play with you.
1: That's the thing. It's hard to call him a dual threat because he's like 80% legs. So, All right, I don't want to make this the dump on Lamar Jackson show because it's not going to get us anywhere. But, no, that is a great point that you make. I think it does say a lot because when you've got a team like Baltimore who's been – Consistently in the playoffs the past few years, they got the playoff win last year against Tennessee. Yeah, very good. Huzzah! Great job. <laughs> um, and then they went up, up Orchard Park in Buffalo, and uh, that uh, that ended really mm. quick. And I know that They're you were loving it. Away, I, know I was loving it.
2: Running yeah. away with a tail in between their legs, with Josh Allen standing tall.
1: And Teron Johnson running hundred yards down the field with the entire She's city of Buffalo going berserk. He's still running,
2: and I think my knee is still sore from jumping up off the couch so fast.
1: So, but no, that does say a lot because now it seems they're going to have to turn their attention to the draft as well if they want to get a receiver. Because mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay, nope. Juju Smith-Schuster, hell no, I ain't going to division rival. I'm staying in Pittsburgh.
2: Sammy um, Watkins too. He Sammy visited. Wa- with, he that's visited what it's come to. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, really. I mean, that's honestly, that's what
1: it's come to. Is uh, <laughs> damn it, we can get Sammy Watkins. Uh, nope we didn't he get can't. Sammy Watkins.
2: Because remember too, um, Willie Snead is a free agent. So who do they have now? Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, Miles
1: Boykin, and Devin Duvernay. You know, that's yeah, it's not that's a about
2: great it. receiver core if you want. It's not a great great wide receiver core for a quarterback that can't really throw the ball it's as well deep. as some others can. Yes, deep.
1: He can't. He's not very good at throwing it outside the numbers deep. And um, a golly Marquise Brown. That's what he. His speed is very good for that. And that's why well, you
2: need that's why you needed a guy like Kenny Galladay, a guy, a big guy that can take the the number one corners away from a guy like Marquise Brown and just say, Hey, you run down that field, you burn that number two corner and let Kenny Galladay get the double teams. I mean, I think I think Brown could be good. He just needs he needs that guy with him. He needs yeah. that, that guy that can go along with him. So I don't know. It's uh eh
1: and you can only do so much and you're only running short and intermediate routes and now i understand mark andrews is a big part of this offense as well for that type of thing as well Mm -hmm. um so you look at and i do want to say this because everybody's gonna i'm sure we're gonna get pointed out to us lamar jackson (laughs) he completed a lot of his passes but you look at his completion percentage I, i saw that visual with like his numbers next to patrick mahomes numbers and the completion percentages were almost ideal or identical all right, let's look at the yards after catch, which, you know, Patrick Mahomes is pretty high up on Lamar Jackson, pretty low. What's that mm-hmm. say to you? He's throwing it six yards down the field and they're getting tackled immediately because they're all running curls and whatnot. So now look, I don't, again, I don't want this to be the, we hate Lamar Jackson show. We don't hate Lamar Jackson. We're just realists about Lamar yes, Jackson.
2: Exactly. So we do have a, we do have a comment about the, uh, the Houston Texans. We can, sure, we can kind of talk about it. them a little bit. It's sure, a, why not? you know, a little bit of a mess with what's going on with Deshaun Watson and, you know, you Board. hope that it's all false, but it's who knows. Keep
1: with the comment. Uh, Houston are working a three-back rotation with Philip Lindsay, uh, David Johnson, what, and Mark Ingram. What the
2: Houston Texans are doing is beyond me. Is that beyond is what
1: the me. Texans are doing now the whole Deshaun Watson thing. like I don't want to speculate on that at all, mostly because we don't know, and mm-hmm. it's. I don't even know what to say about it because I don't want to sound like I'm speculating. I don't want to you know, sound like I'm taking a side here. It's a
2: story here. for an, another day when we get all the facts.
1: That it is. So I think we need to wait for that this, to come
2: in. If we focus on this, you know, a team like the Houston Texans, you go 4-12. and 12, a, a year after trading your best player on the team, arguably, mm-hmm. and DeAndre Hopkins, okay, you better show up. They don't. They go 4-12. and 12. So you say, okay, let's go into this offseason, maybe we're just going to rebuild. We get a new head coach, we'll get a GM. Maybe we'll trade our franchise quarterback, get all these picks and start young and get new and that's not what they're doing. They 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 trade for or they sign a guy like Mark Ingram who is 45 years old. They have a, <laughs> a running back in David Johnson who is already 44 years old. And then they get Philip Lindsay who's young, but he doesn't he doesn't change the team. I mean, they, no. this team is Destined to be mediocre for years and years and years to come, if something doesn't change, they needed to just go all in when they had DeAndre Hopkins and and JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson. Now is not the time to be saying, eh, "Let's make a playoff run. Maybe we'll lose in the wild card round." It, this this organization is an absolute mess right now.
1: Yeah, that it is. I mean, they signed Tyrod Taylor to be the quote unquote backup quarterback, but I think that we can all assume that that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> he'll be he'll be the starter. Uh, oh, and, and they
2: traded for Ryan Finley. Oh,
1: they, they huzzah,
2: gave, Ryan Finley. They gave, up, they gave up a draft pick for, for Ryan Finley, but.
1: I don't want to hear the name Ryan Finley anymore because I haven't, forget, <laughs> haven't forgiven him for what he did to you me. Still,
2: still have nightmares from that game?
1: Yeah, I do. But um, now they did sign Desmond King, the cornerback from the Titans in free agency. That's probably the biggest move that they've made. It hasn't really got a lot of attention, but yeah. Desmond King, a solid corner. Um, other than that, no. I mean, you look at all their signings. Our buddy Matt Verderamp said this is basically an expansion draft is what it looks like um it's it's nothing to write home about and no you said it the logical thing for Houston to do is as soon as Sean Watson said he wanted out you find a trade partner you get a boatload of picks you try to restart because you already lost DeAndre Hopkins because your former head coach and GM was moronic you didn't get anybody worth a damn in the head coach any one of the big head coaching franchises i don't want to make it sound like what the hell is the head coach's even name? I couldn't even tell you. Um, uh, the Baltimore, uh, I not you know that much.
2: David uh Collie? David
1: Collie, yeah. So That's I didn't mean to—I didn't mean to make it sound like David Collie was worthless. <laughs> but you get what I was trying to say. When, they didn't get any of the bigger head coaching names, and it took yep. them forever to free their or to yeah. fill up their head coaching spot because nobody wanted to be there. And it <laughs> felt like they just called Baltimore and said, "Well, anybody take this job?" <laughs> and David Collie was like, "And I'll do it."
2: Yeah. So, why not?
1: It would have been smart to just give into what Deshaun Watson wanted, trade them away, get a boatload of picks to try again. And uh, they haven't done that. And they're going to be a dumpster fire for at least this next season. We'll see what they do Um, in the draft to try to address all these problems. But the problem is, at least as of right now, they don't have any first round draft picks. I don't think they have a second round draft pick. Um, no,
2: they well they do because they got it for DeAndre Hopkins. So. Oh yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> they
1: do have a second round draft pick. So, so
2: I I don't know. It's this this organization does not have a bright future, not at all. I, I don't I don't see anything that you can point to this team and say, you know, obviously they have Deshaun Watson, but who knows what's going on with him now. I mean, they might not even have him. If something could seriously come of this, and if it's true, it should, but I don't I don't know. Um Houston,
1: you have a problem. You
2: have a problem. You really do. have many,
1: many problems.
2: (laughs) One one more team that I want to talk about before we get on out of here is the New York Jets because Corey Davis said that he is signing with the Jets because they told him that Sam Darnold will be his starting quarterback. What do you think of that?
1: I don't don't know. know.
2: Because is that just a smokescreen? But why would you tell a guy – I mean, could you imagine if you tell a guy, yeah, we're going to – you sign in with us, Sam Darnold's going to be your quarterback. And he says, okay, yeah, I want to play for you. And then they say, never mind, we signed you, we're going to trade Sam Darnold. That's not very good organization.
1: I mean, here's the thing. Corey Davis is a fine player. It's not as if he's, you know, Jerry Rice. So it's not as if no, this would be. But they,
2: but they paid some decent money for him. That's I what I'm it. saying. I get you know? it. Yeah.
1: Um, weirder things have happened, though. When yeah. You and I have. Watched this game and talked about this game for long enough to know that stranger things have very much happened when it comes to this world. So, um I mean, it could just be a smokescreen. I mean, they very well could have just said, "Hey, say this." That way, you know, if True. teams do want to try to trade up, we can at least see what the offers are and decide if we want to go through with it. I, I think a lot of people have it in their heads that Zach Wilson's going to be a New York Jet, and then Sam Darnold's going to be on his way out to uh, somewhere else. Now, if you're Sam Darnold right now, I mean. You kind of like the sound of that, but I would have the feeling that if that Sam Donald, I think knows whatever the intentions are, if he's going to be back, he's been told that. If he's going to be traded, I you'd like to think that they've kind of filled him in. I mean, Robert Sala seems yeah. like the kind of guy who wouldn't lead, you know, a bad operation. So right. whatever's going to happen, I think both parties already know. It's just a matter of when and if something happens.
2: Yeah, and. Uh, a while back, I said that I think the the smart move would be for the Jets to hold on to Darnold and build around him and give him the help that he needs. But at this point, there's you can't really waste away years in the NFL. If if you have a chance to get a guy like Zach Wilson, you got to take it, and you, you're going to have to eat that draft pick that you had in Sam Darnold. You can recuperate some of it. I think you go with Zach Wilson. You, you start fresh with your new head coach. You know they've signed a few nice pieces. Their defense is looking a little decent. You know they, I, I like kind of some of the the depth pieces that they've made on defense. But I thought they would be big big spenders. And you know they like I said they've made some nice moves. They signed Corey Davis. Um, but you know gotta gotta address the offensive line. Gotta address the running back room too because what the, I think they I think they signed Tevin Coleman, but. What else are you going to do there? I mean, they, they need some, some extra help and a few more weapons there because Corey Davis, James and Crowder, those are two nice pieces. And Denzel Mims, too, didn't really have a full rookie year. So kind of excited to see him in a full year, maybe with a quarterback like Zach Wilson that's a nice, nice duo.
1: Also brought in Keelan Cole from Jacksonville, who will be that fourth receiver and return specialist guy. So, um, yeah, nothing too flashy. I mean, Corey Davis was a good signing. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, it has been a lot of, you know, kind of sit and wait. I'm surprised they haven't gone uh, more in on, on different guys. I, I was surprised they didn't try to go after, you know, Kenny Galladay just to really give them mm-hmm. that, the big outside threat. But, you know, they did just draft Denzel Mims, who was dealing with injuries. We'll see what they do in the draft. I assume they're going to go quarterback and then immediately a tackle to put on the other side of Makai Becton or one yeah. of these interior guys like a Wyatt Davis or a Creed Humphrey. Just somebody up have, front. They
2: do have two first round picks from uh, from Seattle because they for do. the Jamal Adams trade. So,
1: which they, they won could. the hell out of that, I think.
2: I would say so, but uh, they can they can make some noise this year. I think so they in could. this draft, and a lot of teams could. No no draft pick is a for sure hit, but uh, we got as soon as uh,
1: as soon as. Uh, these rookie odds to win rookie of the year come out, you can best believe I'm throwing a little bit of money down on the Mormon piss missile, Zach Wilson.
2: I'm, I'm sure it'll be a little bit more than just a little bit, but uh, we have, we are currently, let me give you the countdown, 36 days, zero hours, one minute and 25, 24, 23 seconds away from that first name being called on draft night. And yeah, I cannot are. wait.
1: I cannot wait either, my friend. I mean, this is also, it's an exciting time for us. Um, obviously when it's a month away and we kind of keep harping on the same ideas over, we got to try to find, you know, new things to talk about. It is kind of this dead period right now. Um, that's, that's
2: why we got guys like Ike Taylor. So that's
1: why we have guys like Ike Taylor who we can get in on a moment's notice, uh, and talk about stuff with us. So again, we appreciate all y'all for joining us. Um, again, you helped us get past, uh, now 2,100 plays, I do believe. So I mean, we keep getting with each episode closer to 3000, which means a lot to us. Doing so, and I think we... Have we been doing this for a year yet, Kurt? I think we've eclipsed a year now.
2: I would say so. I don't know the exact date, but it was during March. It was it was when the world was starting to turn off last i So so
1: Yeah, it's been about a year, so... But we, we do appreciate everybody for consistently tuning in to what two 22-year-olds have to say about the best game in America, best game in the world. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate... All of you for always giving us your attention uh, and time. So uh, you can follow Kurt Homiser on Twitter at
2: K U R T Homiser, H A U M E S S E R 88. And Jarrett, where can they find you?
1: Well, if you're watching this, you found me. Uh, J Bailey, <laughs> NFL, all Steelers stuff. I've been crying for the past week on Twitter. Um, any NFL stuff, uh, pro wrestling stuff sometimes, vampire diary stuff very consistently here at Jay Bailey nfl kurt i'm gonna make you watch this damn show one day if it's the last thing i'd do
2: okay I'm not, I'm not watching it but uh i will watch laces out on youtube now though
1: yes exactly you can find um our new youtube channel the laces out podcast on youtube um so if you missed any of the ike taylor interview we're gonna cut up the, the interview of different segments uh you can catch it all on youtube you can catch the remainder of this show uh, on YouTube after we cut it up. If you're watching it live right now, you can catch it actually on my YouTube channel right now, just Jarrett Bailey. Uh, if you wanted to recap any of it and go re rewatch it uh, the entire live broadcast. If not, you can wait till the videos come out on the Laces Out Podcast YouTube channel against the Laces Out Podcast. Go give us a subscribe, it really helps us out um, over on YouTube and then you can check out all the content that we're gonna be putting out together. Um, so you can catch us at a lot of places right now, uh, wherever you wanna get your content. Places out we'll be there
2: yes we will we appreciate everybody listening we appreciate ike taylor for giving us some time uh we always appreciate our guests and hopefully we have a few more guests coming up in the next couple weeks here We, we might have some things in the works hopefully crossing our fingers
1: yes we're gonna cross our fingers and mind our p's and q's and hope that we can uh pull some things together that we've been working on. But uh, we'll give you updates, as always, uh, on both of our Twitter pages and the Laces Out Twitter page. Again, thank you to Ike Taylor for joining us again. For Kurt Homesser, I am Jarrett Bailey. This is Laces Out. We will see you guys in a week. See ya.